0: hey everyone welcome back to a new video in today's stories my good friend swamp dweller will be joining us i hope you enjoy all the stories and remember to always stay hungry this happened about two years ago when i got a gym membership to a 24-hour gym normally i would take my son with me or a friend for mutual support as well as company, but on a few occasions, I would have to go alone. During these times, I would bring my headphones and put on some music to tune others out, and to keep to myself and on task. Indeed, everything about my body language suggested that I didn't want to be bothered or approached, but if it had stayed that way, this wouldn't be much of a story. So, the first time I ventured to the gym alone, it was around 5 p.m and I would just gotten off work. Due to the time of day, the gym was quite crowded. As I settled into a groove with my music playing and getting a good pace on my exercise bike, I heard someone saying hey rather loudly to my right. I looked and see a man in his 50s from whom I don't know and he's now motioning for me to take out my earbuds. Clearly annoyed, I take out one bud and then ask, yeah, what do you need? To which the stranger tells me that he's never seen me there before and that he'd remember me if he did. I just said, um, okay, and I proceeded to put my earbud back in and resume pedaling. Then he taps me on my shoulder. I had pause on my New York doll song. What? Then he says, "Aw, don't be like that. I just want to talk to you. It's not every day that I meet a lady as pretty as you. And I just said back, Uh, thanks, but I'm not here to socialize. Excuse me. And I walked away to an elliptical. So what does he do? He steps in front of the elliptical machine, almost straddling it to get in front of me, with my foot being precariously close to his junk. Gross. Hell no. I put my foot away and glare at him. Unfazed, He remarks how strong my thighs must be, and he asks me out for a drink sometime. I flat out said to him, No, I'm not interested in you, and I'm not impressed by you, and I have a boyfriend. To my revulsion, he smiles and says, Nice try, but if you had a man he wouldn't let you come here alone. I really had it by this time, and I got off the machine without another word, and I left for the locker room to then change and go home. As I'm getting changed, I hear a woman shout at someone, um, excuse me, this is the ladies' locker room. You need to get out now. It's my guess and not a wild guess at who it was trying to get into the women's locker room. Obviously after that fiasco, I left. Fast forward about two days later and I went back, again alone due to scheduling complications with my gym mates, but I went around noon on a Saturday hoping to not see Creepy McCreeperson. No such luck. There he is at the front desk chatting with one of the male workers. I should have left, but I wanted to get some exercise in, and I told myself that if he starts in again, I'm going to report him to the gym workers. I approach the front desk to check in. The man then suddenly hoists himself up and leans over the front desk, trying to see my name or address on the computer screen. The worker, catching on almost immediately, thankfully minimized the screen and said very sternly, Hey, you can't do that, man, to the man. The man chuckled it off, then saying, Well, I wouldn't have to have it if she would give me a chance. Me saying nothing, I walked out. I was absolutely stunned and spooked by the audacity of this guy. I stayed away for over a week and finally returned this time with my teenage son. Upon walking in, I didn't see him. Relieved, we checked in. The man at the front desk who was there last time welcomed me back, and he apologized for his friend's behavior. He then proceeded to tell me that the creepy man had been in several times, sometimes twice a day, looking for me and asking if I'd been back. I asked him if there was anything to be done to stop this man's advances, He told me that if he approaches me again to come to the front desk and talk to them and that they would walk the floors and tell him to move along. I thanked him and my son and I had our first peaceful gym visit in over a month. During the next time, I brought my son with me again and there he was, Creepy McCreeperson. This time he followed us from equipment to equipment, staying about 10 feet away, saying nothing but glaring at us the whole time. I didn't report him because he didn't speak to me on this occasion, so I figured I'd just ignore the staring, or try to anyway, as the look on his face registered pure anger. After this point, I went to the gym less due to catching COVID. After about six weeks, I finally felt ready to go again as my strength was coming back. This time I ventured out late at night around midnight since I was unable to sleep and I thought that maybe some cardio would help me wind down. When I got to the gym, it was very quiet. One person was working at the desk and there was only three or four other people in there. I leisurely made the rounds, trying out different equipment pieces, trying to get back in the gym groove after my long hiatus and sick leave. Mid working out with some light reps, I got that unmistakable feeling of being watched. Looking around, I finally caught the source. Standing on the other side of the gym, doing nothing but staring at me and smiling, was the creepy man. I looked right at him and I felt my heart rate go up. The look he gave me was completely dead-eyed. This to me was far worse than the lecherous grinning looks from before. I didn't feel safe. Thankfully, the man turned away and walked out of the gym into the cold winter night strangely without a coat, but I was just glad he left. Being that he was gone, I didn't want to take any chances that he was waiting outside, so I stayed longer than I had the energy for. Finally, I decided to leave. After getting my coat and winter boots on, I walked out into the dark, lonely parking lot. Thankfully, I didn't see any strange vehicles or anyone standing by my car, so I booked it over to my car to leave. Once I got to my car, however, any sense of relief was doused and replaced with chills down my spine. My rear passenger door was open. My dome light didn't work, but the parking lot light showed that there was no one in the car. But though my car was empty, there was condensation on the inside of the windows. This suggested someone was waiting in the back seat of my cold car, waiting for me to come out. Apparently, he had left since I stayed so long in the gym. I don't even want to think about what would have happened if I'd come out any earlier. I was always taught to check under my car in the back seat before getting into my car, especially at night. But being that this man was so frightening, I'm not certain that I would have been able to get away if I had encountered him. After that, I stopped going to that gym for the rest of the winter. Come that spring, I did return but I still never went alone. I did report everything that happened to the gym management, and most thankfully, I've never seen that creepy man at the gym
1: again. To get this story started, here is a bit of background information about myself. I am a female, 17 years of age. I'm very petite. Weighing about 100 pounds and standing at just 5'3". I recently joined my local gym around January 2019 and have started a routine of when I work out every day, except for Monday, sometime around 6pm usually, and usually I'll stay for about an hour or two depending on the day and how I feel. Anyone who goes to the gym regularly notices others around them and gets familiar with what times and machines are usually available. And, if a new person comes, you usually notice them. My point is is that you get used to these people in the gym with you, whether or not you communicate with them. As a girl who goes to the gym, from my experience, you will get the occasional glance from a weirdo or make awkward eye contact with someone staring at you in the mirror. But all you can do is stare back at them dead in the eyes and give them the nastiest look of disgust. Now, the time that I go to the gym is when everyone usually starts to leave. I am very antisocial and shy, so this works out great for me, or so I had thought having some alone time would be excellent, and if something were to happen, they would have cameras everywhere. Now I know this is a stupid way to think, but knowing that you had to have a key card to get into the gym and one to get out was a comfort along with the cameras. For this past month of me doing my workouts, I got this weird vibe from this random guy we will call Randy. As I said, you usually get people looking at you so it is hard to tell if someone is genuinely a significant threat or just someone being a creep. Either way, both are usually bad, but it's difficult to distinguish the two. I told my mom about this Randy guy because my gut feeling told me something was just wrong and I felt like I needed some advice. She told me we should tell the manager and have them kick him out. But being naive and friendly, I didn't want to kick a guy out just for giving me the creeps. It wasn't a good argument at the time. I started to notice some of the other girls weren't coming as regularly as they would. I brushed this off thinking they had work or were out of town or something. It was really none of my business, but it was something to note. The staff of the gym leaves around 6.30pm and I noticed that Randy was coming in almost precisely when the manager and staff would leave. Again, I didn't really pay too much attention to this because he could have just been a regular person trying to work out at a specific time due to his job or whatever was going on in his life. This was a huge mistake on my end. Here is me trying to reason with myself and rationalize that nothing was going on because I constantly saw Randy. So I considered him one of the regulars, I guess. But this is where the story actually begins. I went to do my daily workout and the manager, let's call her Alyssa, came up and talked to me about other girls who worked out at the same time I did. These girls were complaining about Randy, secretly recording them while they worked out. The girls changed their workout schedule due to Randy, which explains why I saw fewer and fewer of them. She asked me if I had seen any men holding their phone up to their chest and walking with the camera pointed outwards. I said no, until I told Alyssa about this random man Randy, who was starting to creep me out. She said she would look into it and update me on the situation, mainly since I'm underage. The next day, Alyssa talked to me, she said that one of the girls who complained about him pointed him out in the cameras and that she would wait for Randy to come back into the gym, kick him out, and trespass him if he ever came back. She left that night not knowing what had happened because Alyssa was still waiting after I left. I returned to the gym that following Tuesday and Alyssa told me everything that had gone down. She had said that she waited till Randy and his buddy, who we will call Kyle, came to the gym and were parked outside. Alyssa had a friend who was a sheriff. Apparently, he rang up Randy's license plates, and to both of their surprises, he was a registered sex offender and had put on probation recently. Alyssa then found out that Randy didn't even have a keycard, meaning he was not a member of the gym and shouldn't have been using the gym, period. His friend Kyle had a keycard and was letting Randy in. They would work out sometimes and wait for the staff to leave and do creepy things. Alyssa prohibited both of the men entering the gym again and kicked them out. The scary thing is, is that I remember being alone in that gym with those two guys very often. They blended in very well, and I consider them just average workout people. I'm still not sure if Randy or Kyle recorded me, but Alyssa told me she was going to look through the footage and let me know any other news she could, such as them recording me and all that. It is terrifying to think that I got accustomed to these guys regularly being at the gym, I am so thankful that Alyssa kept me informed on the situation. As terrifying as it is, it shows that you should always be aware of what's happening around you and to trust your instincts. It also shows that you never can trust anyone you think you might know. As stupid as it sounds, it's easy to get comfortable with people we see daily even if we don't know who they are. But who knows what might have happened if I caught Randy and Kyle alone again. Please be careful at all times, never judge anyone for good or bad until you actually know them. You never know what might be out there to hurt you. Thank you for your time in reading the story. So the story didn't happen
0: entirely at the gym, but some of it did. I met this guy named John while I was out with some friends for a birthday party. Three of my friends and myself all decided to take another friend out for her 30th birthday. She got to choose the place, and she chose this mega bar that had formerly been a bowling alley. We were all just having drinks and dancing, having a fun time. We made a lot of 29 again jokes, and we did some shots. I was dancing enough that I never got more than a little buzzed, even though I'd had several shots of tequila. The birthday girl saw him and pointed him out, saying, That guy's been watching you all night. Go ask him to dance. I honestly hadn't noticed him, and I wasn't very interested in dancing with him. I figured she should go ask him to dance. But before I could say all this, he was at our table asking me to dance. I did dance with him, and I want you to think of how Elaine danced on Seinfeld. This guy was a tiny bit smoother than that, though. We went out on a couple of dates, and I liked him okay, as a fellow human that is, but not as a mate. That wasn't who I saw myself with in a year, let alone 20. Why waste time with someone you know isn't the one? I won't. Well, as soon as I rejected him, he started following me around everywhere, showing up everywhere I went. At this point, I figured he'd lose interest and ignored him, pretending not to see him until he spoke. My birthday was about a month after the friend we took out. So for my birthday, one of my friends had given me a t-shirt that read, Drink until he's cute. And we all joked that that's how I met John. It was a joke, especially since at that point John was being a total creeper. I wore that shirt to the gym one evening, and I was on the stair stepper when John had approached and read my shirt. He then began being his creepy self, asking inappropriate questions and trying to impose himself on my existence. He made a remark about the shirt, and I then jokingly said, Yeah, it's about you. The t-shirts about you. Then I just laughed and laughed about it. He became sullen, muttered something, and then walked away. He didn't approach me again that night, and he probably followed me home because when I stopped at the grocery store on the way home, he was in the same store. One night, though, I would went to the local laundromat to wash clothes, bedding, etc. My apartment complex had a laundry room, but on that night, every machine was full. I thought going to the laundromat would allow me to get my washing done early enough that I wouldn't be staying up late. While in there, I thought I saw John's car pull in, I put all my stuff in the dryer, and I went next door to grab a bite. There was no one else in the laundromat, but there were people in the diner, so this was a move to have witnesses. I saw his car leave, and I was really surprised that he hadn't come in to bug me while I ate. I went back to the laundromat, and guess what? My drinking Tilly's cute t-shirt, a comforter, and several pairs of my underwear had been stolen. The bastard. I collected the rest of my stuff that wasn't stolen, and I went home. I was so pissed about that t-shirt. I ended up finding another apartment with a washer and dryer inside of it, and that's where I moved, and I tried to keep it a secret. The next time I saw him, John was at my new apartment door trying to give me a letter, telling me how much he loved me and how he wanted to marry me, that we wouldn't be miserable together he really said that I called the police and they showed up but by the time they got there he had left they called him and they asked if he'd been over here bothering me and of course he said no I was so disappointed and I realized that I would never be able to depend on them after this incident I ended up obtaining an order of protection and he tried to get it nullified but I kept the order It made very little difference in how he behaved, though. Several weeks later, I walked to the gym. It was only about a mile away from my apartment. I lived in a very safe part of town by then, and a walk to the gym, a workout, then a walk home, sounded like the quiet night that I really needed. I'm a very friendly and outgoing person, but I really do need a good amount of time to myself to retain my emotional balance. I process things while alone, and its necessary time. When I first got to the gym, John was there working out. He approached me as I arrived and I made it clear that if he didn't just leave me alone, I would have him removed from the gym permanently. Now, I happened to be friends with the owner of the network of gyms that I worked out at back then and I was certain I could have him removed. I didn't wanna ask them to do that. However, unless he just got so bad, there was no other way. Well, not long after I began working out, he left. Or I thought he did. I walked to the water fountain which was near the front door. There was John parked right outside the door, leaning against his car with his arms crossed. My heart sank. I knew that he was waiting to see which car I got into because he didn't see my car there. Once I was finished with my workout, I walked out and I tried to avoid him. The minute I'd passed, his arms were around me and he was actually trying to drag me into his car. I feigned to collapse, and he wasn't ready for that, and he dropped me. I managed to keep my feet under me. I jumped up, made my way back into the gym, and I went to the manager of the gym. We'd been friends for a few years at that point. He snuck me out the back door, and he drove me home. My friend later told me that John was still actually waiting out front when he locked up the gym at 10 p.m. John found out that I'd been getting counseling and I'd been diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah, I had a person in my sphere who was blabbing to him every chance she got. So I received a phone call from a psychiatrist's office that provided marriage counseling. She was calling to confirm my appointment. Hello, may I speak to yeah this is her oh great i'm calling to confirm your appointment on this date um appointment for what i said your significant other john has made the appointment for the two of you she said we provide counseling and therapy for couples you'll be seen together and then have that time with the doctor separately i lost my shit. i didn't raise my voice at this woman she was innocent but internally My body was jolted. I was sick to my stomach and fully enraged at the same time. I told her that if she needed to, she could record what I was about to say or she could put me on the speakerphone so that the doctor could hear me too. I got the attorney who served as my representation in the room and then we laid out the entire story for this doctor and his assistant. The shock in their voices told us that John had lied his sorry ass off and the phone call ended. About one and a half to two hours later, I got a phone call from John. He just said, I heard that you canceled the appointment that we so desperately need to save our relationship. I've been in counseling too, and my counselor says that I'm a lot like OJ. This all went down some months after OJ Simpson's famous car chase. It was an obvious ploy to try and frighten me. Of course, me being who I am, I replied, That's fine, but I'm not easy prey, John, and I think I have you outgunned. Yes, I now had sidearms, and I had trained with them. I'd gotten pretty good at just leaving that guy in the dust. Different vehicles, different places, etc. There was a rental car place that would pick you up, so I rented a car sometimes, and I would leave my car parked in front of my apartment. I could be gone all day, and he never even realize it. But that's a lot of trouble to have to go to for privacy. He didn't miss the reference though. You think you're tough with your little pea shooter, huh? Then he laughed. His laugh was very sinister that day. I almost replied back with, I know I'm tough with a 38 special and a 45 jackass. I've been training extensively. But I decided that letting him think that he had the upper hand would probably be best. So I didn't say anything. I didn't want it to get to that point, but I had already decided that if I ever got pushed to it, I would end him before I let him end me. One Saturday morning, I went to the gym. I drove myself there because I was going to run errands afterwards. Just as I thought that I would actually gotten away with going somewhere without him showing up, John was waiting outside for me when I walked out of the gym. He tried to hold my car door open so I couldn't drive away. I belted myself into my car so that it would be harder to drag me out, and I started the car. He was holding that door like it was his life. I backed out of the parking spot, making micro-movements so I didn't bump him with the car door. He was moving with the car and holding that damn door. He was so busy pleading with me to marry him that he didn't even notice my positioning. I made very small moves so he was able to take steps with the car. My goal was to not knock him down, but to get away. Once I was in position, I ramped up the argument to frustrate him more, in the hopes that he would just turn loose of the door and I could drive, but he didn't. I put my car in the lowest gear and I balanced the clutch so I could hit the throttle, and then I went. I got away from him. He tried to say that I drove over his foot, but if I did, it didn't break anything. The police officer who came to visit me at the office Monday soon realized John's complaint was bullshit. My lawyer wrote another letter to John, telling him that he needed to back off and leave me alone. I appreciated the effort, but as expected, the letter didn't do anything for me except create a record of events by a third party that could be used in court if needed. I let the gym owner know what happened and they terminated his membership without any further fanfare. He had been notified after the manager had driven me home that any further incidents would result in him losing his membership. John still tried to renew at another location, but the owners let every employee at every location know about John and his stalking. After he couldn't renew his membership, I got another message from the answering service, saying, You think you're so smart getting me removed from the gyms? or something like that. And at one point, he managed to find my phone number I suspected one of the young girls at the gym, but she denied. She had been his biggest apologist for months, though, and she kept telling me that all this was so romantic and how she thought he was the right one for me. I then informed her that I'm the one that decides that, and I'd already decided. He's not the one for me, damn it! Regardless, no matter how the toad got my number, he had it, and he decided to use it. He called every hour on the hour whether I answered or not. I had enough, and I finally unplugged my phone. Then, I spent the money to change my number once again. Back then, this process took some time on the old landlines, so there were still some days that he was able to call at night. I won't drag you through every single incident that occurred with this man, but he was a very active stalker for nearly seven years. I've left food on the table at restaurants, left groceries in baskets, etc., all to get away from him. Over time, I began telling managers of my favorite places about him and building relationships. John became persona non grata in many restaurants, grocery stores, and hardware stores around town. I got orders of protection, but he always ignored them. Around that time, I met my now husband and married him. Yes. I was actually dodging John the day before our wedding and had our first child, but John didn't give up. He moved in with a married woman, which you think would slow him down, right? But no, he actually used her to stalk me so that I didn't know he was there. The saddest part was that she knew it and she let him in because she was desperate. He didn't care that I had children. He would approach me even when I was out with my kids. That man had no shame. Over time, I just became extremely careful about not only where I went, but when. I figured out the days that were safest for me to take my kids out and not be bothered by him. I did okay, and he never figured out where our new home was. He stalked and terrorized me almost daily from 1993 until 2000 when we bought our home. He couldn't find the home, and I had figured out my safe days. So, for around a decade, there was very little contact. There were a couple of times, though, where he saw me at Walmart or Safeway with the kids. But by the time he ran to his car and rushed over to where he'd seen me walking, I had thrown the kids in the car and left. Parking around the side of the building or in front of a different store was a really great strategy. He would think that I was in the store that I was parked in front of and be milling around that store. I was gone before he realized... And before anyone criticizes my husband for not standing up for me, he did. He and John worked at the same hospital for a time, and one day my husband stepped into an elevator that John and only John was in. My husband crossed his arms and gave John a look that could melt steel, and he backed old John into a corner. John was so afraid that he actually peed himself, and he got off the elevator at the next floor. Well, a day later... John had left a message on my office answering service that said, I hope you know your boy doesn't scare me. Then he was very careful to not ever encounter my husband, as well as being very careful to not encounter me when I was with my husband. Such bravery. That was just one instance, but there were many more. But John did truly avoid my husband. If he showed up where my car was and saw that it was the both of us, he left. Around 2010, John took ill with some mysterious disease and he died a very slow two year painful death from what I heard. I know this sounds really petty, but I'm glad he died a painful death. That bastard deserved it for what he put me through. That was all 10 years ago, and I finally stopped looking over my shoulder the day I heard that. I actually relaxed for the first time in many years. I hadn't realized just how tense and hyper aware I'd become until I no longer needed to be that way. In the years since this all began, my state has increased the stocking laws, and John wouldn't be able to get away with nearly as much today as he did back then. I can only offer platitudes and cautions like others do, but I won't. My only hope is that you'll remember some of the things I did, and if you ever encounter someone like that, use them. These stories are from the survivors and are offered to give you ideas of things you can do to ensure your own survival. But I really hope you never have to go through
1: what I did.